for Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Live on SEN Track. Giddy Up's Country Racing Hour. Morning, Gareth. All with you on this Tuesday, October 17th. This is Giddy Up, and it's a big show as always on a Tuesday. We've had some track gallops with some of the best horses in the land galloping there at the Heath before Caulfield Cup Day. I think we've got some news breaking out of Caulfield this morning regarding what Gold Trip might be doing this spring carnival, whether he heads to a Caulfield Cup or he bypasses that and just goes to a Cox Plate Melbourne Cup or he tries to do all three. Hopefully we'll catch up with Kira Ma in just a moment. 0499 736 736 to join our conversation. We've got the Bet365 Country Racing Hour coming your way. Mitch Friedman will join us. Matt Dale will have a chat to us after their two big successes over the weekend. Mitch Friedman winning his first Group 1 in a Turak handicap. Matt Dale combining with the Duray family and uh, winning the Kosciuszko with Front Page doing it for the second time. The first time for Matt Dale after Jeff Duray retired. He gave the responsibility to Matty Dale to get the job done this year and he did it beautifully with Tyler Schiller aboard. We'll catch up with Jodie Quinlan after she took out the Victoria Cup with Act Now. What a performance that was there on Saturday night and Selena Zamet lived her dream on Friday night by winning the Million Dollar Chase there on uh, um, the weekend. It was a brilliant performance by Jay. It's Jay the Queenslander becoming a million dollar richer Million Dollar Richer after success in that Million Dollar Chase. We'll find you a winner with Bag of Tips today. Um, we've got, of course, the Midweek Masterclass facing the breeze with Anthony Butt and Hong Kong Corner with the champion hoop, James McDonald. Just with some news regarding Gold Trip, I had a chat to Jamie Lovett on the radio, or I should say on the phone this morning. It looks like an, he's indicated to me strongly that Gold Trip most likely will be going to a Caulfield Cup um, it's just got to be confirmed by Kira Ma, but most likely a Caulfield Cup into a Cox Plate and a Melbourne Cup. So they're trying to do the big three with Gold Trip, which would be sensational. And even if he gets a, a good track, Jamie Lovett pointing out, that can be overplayed a little bit, that he needs a little bit of give into the ground because that was when he was struggling with a few little niggling issues, especially with his feet, but he's all over that now. He's never been sounded, so... That's exciting for the Melbourne Racing Club that we might get to see Gold Trip in a Caulfield Cup. And Fred Kersley always told me the greatest regret that he had was not starting northerly in a Melbourne Cup after he won the Caulfield Cup Cox Plate in the same year. And it'd be terrific if we got a horse that would be able to do that. And Gold Trip could be the horse this year. So we'll just watch this space. But... If I'm a betting man, it's more than likely that Gold Trip will start in a, uh, a Caulfield Cup with Huey Bowman aboard, a Cox Plate with Mark Sara, and then push on towards a Melbourne Cup. Let's get stuck into the Bet365 Country Racing Hour on this Tuesday morning, and uh, we'll kick it all off with Mitch Friedman, the young gun trainer from Ballarat, after his horse, Attrition, won the Turak Handicap on Saturday at Caulfield. 
Amelia's Jewel brought to the middle of the track and then came here to shock out of the whip from Antino and then Charterhouse, Pride of Jenny at the 200 with Amenable and then came Attrition further back, Amelia's Jewel, Pride of Jenny at the 150, then Amenable Attrition and then came Antino on the outside, it's a big finish in the Turak, Antino moves up to Attrition, Antino and Attrition, they hit the line, Attrition or Antino, nearly a dead heat. Attrition's kick strongly. Photo he was third. off the track Bankers with no cover, and it was a mighty win by Attrition. Trained to the minute by superstar young trainer Mitch Friedman, and he joins us now on Giddy Ups Bet 365 Country Racing Hour. Mitch, first of all, congratulations. Has it sunk in yet, mate? First of all, you, you finished a marathon, but you've also won a Group 1. Yeah, no, uh, we put a little bit of a... A little bit of a dent in the bucket list on the weekend. So, uh, uh, yeah, no, it was a terrific win. It's uh, it's sunk in and, um, yeah, we've had a chance to enjoy it on Sunday with, with staff and owners. And, um, yeah, we uh, we enjoyed it and uh, it was certainly a massive thrill. At the start of the spring, I think everyone thought that he would be a strong chance to win a big race this spring. But then when you headed into a Turak, which is the race that you put on the agenda that would be his grand final in a way that... They had a man from WA by the name of Amelia Jewell that just dominated the conversation. What were your what was your confidence going into that contest there on Saturday, Mitch? Yeah, we were we were really confident early on in the spring that we were heading to the right race and um, that that was his target race. And then obviously the opposition probably got a bit stronger than normal. Um, you know, unfortunately for the connections of Amelia Jewell, she probably didn't perform up to her best on the day. But um, I think we performed up to our best and we were able to get the job done. In saying that, because it was a truly run race and you really had to get a strong 1,600 metres, did you think that that would play into your horse's favour, that he would be able to cope with the pressure better than better than his opposition? Uh, in a sense, I mean, how we were going to get to the two rack was always going to be um, a little bit tricky, but, um, you know, we'd run at the 1,800 and he was below his best, but... Um, you know, his record at the mile reads now, um, before before Saturday, it read, you know, beating a head in a, in a fee and beating a head in a, in a uh, Australian guinea. And, and now he's a group one winner at the mile. So he's got a pretty good record at the trip. And, um, yeah, there's plenty of options for him around uh, for good miles anyway. You've been placed in a couple of group ones, but I, I would imagine that attrition when he, when he arrived at your stables and then once you got to know him a little bit better, that you knew that this could be your group one horse. Um, how have you enjoyed yeah. the pressure in a way? Because Cole McKenna is one of the biggest owners in the game as well. And for a young trainer like yourself, when you get a horse like this, you probably need to get some results. Um, have you enjoyed that that pressure that comes with having a, a Group 1 horse in your stable? Yeah, no, I really have enjoyed it. I've really embraced it. And, um, yeah. you know, it's what you do it for. And um, we... We, um, you know, had a, had a couple others that, that had run placings and, and they haven't really stuck. They've had injuries and, and issues and uh, I knew that this was the one that had to stick and um, we've done everything to to uh, possibly can to achieve it. And, um, you know, I think all the learnings you get, and, you know, I've had my licence for 10 years, you know, all the learnings you get along the way, it's all built up to, to get a result like this. I love that mindset because it, it's probably easier than... Um, probably easier said than done, really, when you've got a really good horse and you know it's a really good horse and you're not like some of the biggest stables that you've got group one horses coming through your gates um, every month. But you've, you've, you've been able to get the most out of this this galloper. Um, do you think that helps with experience that you can, you, that you can rise to the occasion? Or um, is it a case that you just got to treat him like every other horse? 
you know, I treat him like every other horse in a sense, but, uh, you know, there's a few extra things that happen. And, um, yeah, we, we try and, um, you know, just capitalise on it and uh, and get the job done. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, just uh, yeah, as you said, it's, it's all the learning and, and just the little things that you learn along the way to, to try and get right. And, um, that, that's what paid off on Saturday. And what does it mean for a young trainer like you? What does it do for your business by, by having a horse like this and winning a Group 1 Turak Handicap? Yeah, we'll see what it does for the business over the next few months and obviously over the sale period. But, um, yeah, I mean, as you said before, like, a, you know, you have one or two good horses in your stable. We've got a team of about 50 in work. You have one or two good horses in your stable. It's not like some of the bigger operations where they've got, you know, 10 or 20 like him or, or if not more. And, um, yeah, it's just glad that, that they can fire on the right day. Or I'm glad that he can fire on the right day and, and get the job done. So does he head to the Golden Eagle now? Um, potentially, we'll just see see how it pans out over the next little bit. Um, have a bit of a feel of him over the over the next week, and it's a, probably a good thing that it's three weeks because yep. we can uh, give him a bit of time to get over it, just go nice and easy on him, and then uh, build him back up. But you know, we know he's fit enough to to run a trip like that, and um, yeah, it'll be a, probably a good test for him to to, to travel up there. He, he's been to Adelaide before, so we know he can do that sort of stuff. But it might just be even harder him a bit more. So what would be another option then for him if he doesn't go to the Eagle? Um, there's the Crystal Mile on Copper Plate Day and yep. then there's the Champions Mile. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it all pans out. Is it easy for a trainer to stay at that trip with him or or um, would it be no problems just to sharpen him up a little bit to drop back to a 1,500 metres? Yeah, I mean, he handled going back from 1,800 to a mile the other day. He was good first up over 1,400. So, um, yeah, I mean... 100 metres is probably not that far. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see see how it works out. But I, I think we've, we've uh, you know, if the horse comes through well enough and, and he's in the right mind frame, I, I don't think the 1,500 will worry him. You know, it's worth a lot of money and it'll probably be a bit of pressure on. And, and that season, uh, that bit of hardening with, uh, with a bit of racing at the mile probably, probably suit him. What about when you were doing the marathon and you were hurting and you're under pressure? Did you just think just lift like attrition? Did he inspire yeah, you on that, on that Sunday in Melbourne? I thought if he rallied for me, surely I could rally and just get this done, you know. You should have wore the silks, mate. <laughs> well, my racing manager did did joke to me saying he'd meet me. He'd meet me at two or three home. I'd have to throw the silks on, but uh, I ran on the opposite side of the uh, the track when I when I when I was going past him and didn't didn't have to get him on. So you did the full marathon, or was it a half marathon? No, I did the full. Um, did the half there last year and, and decided from then on that I. Get the fall done this year, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a great, uh, a great thing to do, and, and something that I've always wanted to do. What time did you do it in, mate? Uh, Three twenty-one, so nothing too impressive, yeah. but uh, not not too shabby either. I know Damien Lane's doing a lot of running, and he competed in the marathon as well. Do you think doing something like that just helps you mentally to do what you do during the day as a horse trainer? Um, to have something like that to to motivate you and in a different aspect of life? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just a, a big thing to sort of commit to it and do it. And it just sort of takes takes you away from the work because it's a, a full-time commitment, um, the training horses, and it just sort of takes your mind off it and probably gives you a bit of time to think about other things and, um, yeah, just get through it, you know. Well, Mitch, I've been able to have the privilege to, to follow your career, especially in the early part, and... We all know that you're a very talented trainer. You're excellent with the media. You you represent this beautiful game so well. 
and you deserve all the success that comes your way. I know you put in a lot of hard work, writing work and looking after a team. And as a young individual in this game, you took a massive punt. Um, and I was so happy to see you rewarded there with the big victory and a Turak handicap with the special horse on Saturday. And enjoy the moment, mate, and good luck with whatever you do with Attrition, mate. And um, hopefully there's a, another Group 1 or a big Golden Eagle um, still to come. Thanks very much for the kind words. And, um, yeah, thank you for the things that you do for the industry. It's good to have another angle. And, um, yeah, we um, yeah appreciate uh, the phone calls and, and the exposure. All right, keep on inspiring. Thanks for that, Mitch. Mitch Friedman there. It is 15 minutes past eight. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour on this Tuesday morning. We'll head to Canberra anymore. Matty Dale's in Goulburn, so we'll have a chat to the Goulburn trainer, Matty Dale, after he took out the Kosciuszko with a superstar galloper in front page there at Randwick on Saturday. Reach is falling away. She's trying to get into the race, but Front Page is giving a tremendous kick. Front Page got five lengths clear. Opal Ridge, it's a bridge too far by the looks of it. Then far too easy, and Front Page, Tyler Schiller go back to back in the Kosciuszko. Opal Ridge second, far too easy third, then Cavalier Charles. Further back then to I've Been Trying, our last cash late from Kimberley Secrets, Derry Grove, Akasawa. Welcome back to Giddy Up, Gareth Hall with you on this Tuesday morning, 8.22. Just got off the phone to Kira Maher. Gold Trip is definitely going to the Caulfield Cup. So Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, and then to the Melbourne Cup. So that's terrific news for the MRC. And uh, can't wait to see what he can do there in the Caulfield Cup. Huey Bowman's been booked to ride. So that's terrific for the race. You've got some international flavour Without a fight, that was sensational in Brisbane, was pretty good first up in this this spring when he raced at Flemington there the other day. So it's going to be a beauty. So just repeating, Gold Trip, that's confirmed. Kiraman just telling me then that he's heading towards the Caulfield Cup, which is terrific for the race. 8.22, you just heard the Kosciuszko, and it was a terrific performance by Front Page. He's one of my favourites. Boy, he's got a big heart. Matty Dale, one of the good guys of racing, Took over from Jeff Duray after he retired and he didn't let the Duray family, all the followers of Front Page down because he trained that Galloper to the minute and um, he was able to get the job done once again, the Kosciuszko. Matty, good morning to you. Thanks for your time. Geez, he's a special horse, Front Page. Yeah, he really is. And um, I've only had him for 14 weeks and we come up with a plan to set him, obviously, first up for the Kosciuszko. He's been so dynamic, fresh in the past and... Um, you know, as the weeks go on, I learned more and more about the horse, and particularly the last two weeks, um, when the pressure was right on to, to sort of reach a peak, to have him ready first up, which you obviously got to do on that on that sort of day. And um, he's a he's a special horse, and he ran some time. He he done it in great fashion, and, and shut down in the end, or you know, eased a little bit while Tyler had some celebrations. But um, yeah, really good horse. Were you expecting that performance on Saturday or did he even surprise you? He even surprised me. Just, I'm, you know, have watched from afar just how good of a horse he is. But without knowing his intricacies, you know, inside out and, and being witnessing him firsthand, you still have that little bit of doubt. We had him very fit, very healthy, 
and um, had come up with a nice balanced plan and everything, you know, we'd set effectively a bit of a blueprint off the back of what he did when he's won um, the Kosciuszko and when he won the town plate, won the town plate so impressively and sort of, you know, that two half mile or half mile jump out and a half mile trial and, and a nice balanced preparation into it. So we were confident that we, you know, we'd followed those, uh, that blueprint, so to speak, but you still have got to see it with your own eyes and, and see it we did. And Tyler Shield loves his horse. I had a chat to him at Wentworth Park Greyhounds, would you believe, on Friday night when we were covering the Million Dollar Chase. And every time you asked him about that horse, he's, he's, he's light, his eyes lit up. Um, and obviously being a boy from the Riverina and the association that he's had with the horse and the Jiraiya family and yourself, um, it was an extra special victory for the young gun as well. Oh, absolutely. You could see that, couldn't you? Like, obviously, he celebrated well through the line, but even past the line, he was pumped, Tyler, and he's got a big, a special spot uh, in Tyler's heart, and um, that's why we booked Tyler a long way out. Like, when I went back through the horse's profile, I wanted someone that believed in the horse, that knew the horse, and um, and that was Tyler. So, uh, you know, he offered to come down and ride him whenever he needed to gallop him, but I, I didn't need that. I just needed him to pop down and trial him, you know, the 10 days or 11 days out, which he did, um, come down to Goulburn and trialled him for us. And, um, yeah, he went in full of confidence, and he just owned the race from the get-go, um, and everything sort of went, you know, to plan to out. And he pulled up lame after the race as well, which even makes his performance even more remarkable, Matty. Is he okay? Yeah, he's okay now. He trotted up sound yesterday. He yeah. does. He's, all, he's had a history of sort of flare-ups, um, particularly at his feet. And the track was, you know, quite fast and firm uh, there the other day. And he uh, didn't falter his performance. He didn't change stride once throughout. Like, you know, he was brilliant through his performance. But once he cooled down, he was a bit jarred up and um, the buyer yesterday, uh, we had the vets go right over him and he, and he trotted out pre-race uh, like he was pre-race. So very happy that, you know, that he's been able to sort of bounce back. He was nice and bright. He's eaten well. So now we just sort of get through this week. He'll have a pretty quiet week and um, and then we'll, we'll hone in on where we go next. So where do you think you might go with him, mate? Because it was a Kosciuszko and we had a chat to a few of the participants in the lead up to the Kosciuszko and a few of the form experts as well. And this race continues to get bigger and better each year, but there's horses in this race that could win group once um, with the quality yeah, look, that was involved this year. Absolutely. And he's been group one competitive in the past, as we know, not beaten far um, front page. And he's certainly got that ability um, when everything can go right. So nothing's off the, off the sort of table at the moment. He's eligible for the, from anywhere from listed races to group ones. So nothing's off the table. We'll just sort of get through this week. Certainly the um, champion sprint is in our mind. He ran, only got beaten a length and a half last year in it. Um, and he has one up the straight in uh, at Flemington. So the Creswick Stakes. So he, that is one race. The timeline works well. Um, and that's certainly, yeah, in, in our mind. We did put a nomination in for the winter bottom as well in December, just to leave that, that door ajar, um, and but yeah, we'll we'll know more over the next week. What was your thoughts initially when Jeff Dreyer rang you and said, "Mate, can you train this horse?" Yeah, a little bit surprised. Um, I suppose it was a bit of a perfect storm in that being a country trained horse and having the Kosciuszko in our timeline, uh, in the timeline, will it become a, an issue? I suppose a decision for them to um, the ownership group to 
choose ideally choose someone that's still eligible um, to train and run in the Kosciuszko, but can travel them interstate as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's sort of where we we got narrowed down to to um, you know into the discussions. And um, I'd always had a good rapport with Jeff, and had always gone out, of, you know, gone and congratulated him after front pages wins. You know, particularly the town played in the Kosciuszko. I went up to him after those wins and congratulated him just how well he presented the horse and. Um, you know, then 12 months later, we're there together and uh, he's there front and centre and I'm training him. So pretty surreal. So he comes to your stable, you raced against him, you respect him um, and you got to train him towards a Kosciuszko. Did you ever, and I know that he might have surprised you a little bit there on Saturday, but when he arrived in your stables, did he, what was what what was your expectations with him? Did you did you think that he was the horse that you thought he was before he came to your stables, or did you learn something about him when he arrived? Oh, we learned plenty about him week on you know week on week, and like I said, plenty of, even more so the last two weeks yep. leading in. You know when the pressure went on and we got him to an official trial, etc. And he just he's a good horse. He doesn't um, love being fussed too much over you know he likes his routine and, and just do what he does and be left alone a little bit and that is what got a bit tricky the last two weeks because they were forced to be fussed over there's a lot of vetting and trotting up for different we had to do certain trot ups for different apps for the stewards and that the whole um all the Everest horses and all the um Cozy horses had to do it um but the Sydney horses are a little bit more used to it obviously they get trotted up every week and whereas the country horses it's out of routine um, so there was a lot more poking and prodding and, and stuff that was outside of the routine. And um, But he handled it all really well and uh, obviously got there on the day and performed like that. So um, he's a, one hell of a horse. And, uh, yeah, like he's certainly got, you know, a good uh, another good race in him, that's for sure. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but Nick Haywood was riding Mogo Magic. Of course, he's based at Goulburn now. Um, but he also did a, some work there with Front Page. Is that right? Yeah, Nick Haywood rides um, track work for me. Yeah. And albeit he was committed to Mogo Magic, he often does a lot with Cavalier Charles, actually. Okay. And rode him last year in the Kosciuszko. And he uh, would have rode Cavalier Charles if he didn't sort of have that commitment to Mogo Magic. So, um, yeah, Nick's done plenty of work. He's rode front page a few times. and um, He's part of, the, part of the team here, and he rides a lot of my horses in the, um, you know, in the country uh, week in, week out. And, uh, yeah, it didn't quite all go to plan for them on Saturday, but he's a damn good horse, Mogo Magic, and he's, uh, he'll be there. I'm sure he'll be there next year. And, Manny, I was blown away with the build-up to Everest Day um, in Sydney. It's, it's a, what Peter Volandis and his team there at Racing New South Wales and the ATC have done has been quite astonishing over a short amount of time. But the Kosciuszko was something special as well um, for, for country trainers country owners and jockeys like Nick Haywood, Nick Haywood to get an opportunity on the big stage in a race like that. Um, what do you think it's done for the sport there for, for country racing in, in New South Wales? Oh, look, the day, the, the built a day effectively from scratch and in such a short time, it's a day that rivals only the Melbourne Cup Carnival, which I didn't think Sydney had anything to rival Melbourne Cup Carnival until this day. You know, you just see the crowds and, and the different demographic that's embracing it. It's some some sort of day. It really is a grand final day. And because of the way that these races are done with slots and um, 
slot holders and whatnot, the advertising, the build-up to it is a long, long way out, and it all peaks on one day. So, yeah, it doesn't get any better, mate. Well, we appreciate your time here on on bet on the bet three six five country racing. Yeah, what a thrill um, to win a Cosy Oscar with such a special horse to who goes back to back in that race. Um, job well done, mate. You're the pride of Goulburn these days, and we appreciate your time, Matty. Gareth, all the best. And Better Eclipse is third. They went 27 to the third quarter. It's Rock and Roll do two metres leap to fame. Then Better Eclipse, Bulletproof Boy, turning for home. Rock and Roll do in front. Leap to fame still coming. It's Rock and Roll do Leap to fame the outside. Rock and Roll do Leap to fame. Agnew over the top. Rock and Roll do grab by Agnew out wide. Agnew in an upset. Agnew's won it from Leap to Fame. I've Rock been covering harness racing for close to two decades now. I know I'm that old. I can't believe it. But that was the best race that I've seen, I think, ever. It was an astonishing race there on Saturday night at Melton for the Victoria Cup. It had it all. The draw was perfect. Had all the big guns drawn in the middle of the, the front line and they had to make a decision on what they were going to do. Michael Stanley eventually got to the front with Rock and Roll Do and then he made sure that he made it really difficult for the, the favourite leap to fame, who was mighty in defeat once again. He just doesn't know how to give up. Catch a wave. He went forward, couldn't get in, then went all the way back to last. And after four or 500 metres, I thought, geez, if you backed him, your ticket's confetti. He can't win. Put a line through, catch a wave. Um, and then before the race, Act Now arrived on, on track there at Melton, then he kicked out in the barn. And the news broke during the night that he had to pass a vet test to start in the race. And there was concerns that he'd be a late scratching. Jody Quinlan had to go onto the track and warm him up and then talk to the vet. And the vet had to analyse his action to see if he was fit enough to start in the race. And then the vet gave him the green light. And then Jody Quinlan gave him a peach of a drive. He was suited by the hot pace out in front. And then he came with a big run to, to win a a magical Victoria Cup, a race that harness racing fans and racing fans won't ever forget. And Jody Quinlan, the winning driver, joins us now. Jody, good morning to you. It, you couldn't write the script, really, could you? It was an amazing night, and the story behind Act Now um, was a, was amazing, really, to, to, to see what he did there on Saturday night after everything he went through before that Victoria Cup. As I say, good morning to you. Good morning, Gareth. Yeah, um, it was an epic night. I can say that much. Um, a lot of sort of drama before the race with him, um, and how he did what he did. I still shake my head. I can't believe it. He still won. Yeah. Um, what were you thinking, first of all, throughout the night when you heard the news that Act Now had kicked out in the barn? Yeah. Well, I just come in on talk time, and um, obviously Clayton never had a few minutes, and I'll get in the car and stuff, and then. Emma come and grab Clayton and said there was a problem with Claude and as soon as she said Claude I just got what I was doing and, and went went to him where as they all did there was about six or eight of them around him and um he kicked up and got over the back of the, the stall. There was actually a gap there and there was only four or five stalls that had got a gap behind him and it just had to be one of his and he kicked over and he got hung up on there and um Clayton dived straight in he was right underneath his stomach trying to lift him out and 
then Sam came and people came from everywhere and unfortunately enough they got him out. He had a little bit of superficial skin off just on the outside of his cannon bone behind and um yeah, he, he was obviously he was hopping along for a little bit and then he um Clayton kept the water on him and the staff kept walking him and that and then they did a a vet test and just jogged him up with his hobbles on and they were happy with that and then it all depended on how he warmed up in the pre- preliminary before his race and he went up on the top of the track and yelled out which is always a good sign for him when he's rowdy he usually goes best and he took off and after he'd gone sort of 50 metres he sort of felt his old self and I give him quite a strong warm up which I never usually do and he felt terrific. And this just proves the wonderful work you were telling me before the race or after the race, what Clayton Tonkin actually did with Act Now. Um, he's a terrific horseman. Absolutely, Gareth. Um, he just knows his horses back to front. I think he eats, sleeps and and um, drinks them. But he, he just knows everything about him. When you get on a horse, he'll tell you what he thinks about it, where he thinks it's at. But he, um, he obviously didn't give me any instructions the other night. Everything was sort of a bit scattered with what happened. But um, he just said to me, go out, see him on the bit. Um, and you'll know how he feels. And look, he's a he's a quirky horse. And generally, when you hit the track with the horse, he, he gives you a fair idea of how he's going to race. And what were you thinking during the race? Yeah, look, um, he always travelled really sweet. Um, he travelled good. He didn't hang. He didn't fall. Um, and when the speed was on, was sort of playing into my hands. Um, was happy to get my name is Jeff out to get the three wide trail, but. When it got to the 400, it couldn't take me far enough. It started to pace really roughly. It didn't handle the corners. So that sort of threw a spanner in my work. So I had to get going earlier than what I thought. And I was quite wide, um, which made it hard. But he, he sprinted terrifically. And on the corner, I sort of thought, these aren't getting away from me. And I'm still making ground. So even when we hit the line, I wasn't sure that I'd won because there were so many horses in a line. I was just hoping it always usually favours the outside. So I was just hoping that it was us. And I remember having a chat to you, like, um, maybe before the Inter-Dominion and there was the the thought that he needed to lead with his gate speed because he's such a brilliant gate speed horse that he always put himself basically on the fence if he drew the front row. Um, and I think including myself, and I'll have to put my hand up, and I'm really wrong, Charlie, as you, as you well know, that I thought that he's a dead set fence horse or sprint lane horse and he would struggle to win off a second row. But you proved everybody wrong because he came from the back during an Inter-Dominion heat and got the job done. And I remember having a chat to you in the parade ring on racing.com there on Saturday night. And I had an inkling. I don't know what it was, but I thought, geez, they might just go look at his split here with the, this front row with catch a wave, leap to fame and rock and roll do all wanting the same spot in a way. Um, and it, if it was going to suit a horse, it was going to suit your horse in a way. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, everyone just thinks he's a one-trick pony because he's got that brilliant gait speed and he puts himself in a position where he's normally in front of him. His um, record of leading is unbelievable. He's probably only been beaten maybe twice, something like that. But um, look, he, he, I've always believed in him that he's got great speed and I always believe when a good horse is a good horse, they can win from anywhere, um, especially when they've got the turn of foot that he has so I thought well if you don't use him off the gate you can't still be able to have that speed in him to get home and I just always thought that um, he, he would I just yeah that, that was just my belief and luckily he proved me right in into the minion heat but a lot of people sort of overlooked that and his running the Shepparton heat was huge like he smashed the clock 
when he ran third in that heat, um, coming from well back, and he proved again the other night. So now maybe they might take a bit of notice of him. Yeah. Look, he, he used to get a bit keen and over race and stuff, and then through the injury, got in a bit of a bad habit prior to that. He'd get to the bell, and as soon as something come near him, or he just he'd want to just really start ripping from the bell home. Um, and now, the other night, the way he raced, I think he's now the complete racehorse. Yeah, he is a complete racehorse now. And and to win a race like that, I don't think I've ever seen a better Victoria Cup field or it's hard to hard to go back through history anyway in my time to see a, a field with as much depth that what the Victoria Cup produced there on 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 Saturday night. Um it was it was have you been involved in a race like that before that had it all basically from start to finish? Yeah, look I Harold Park was something else with the atmosphere in that when I won the Miracle Mile on Sophie Island. But I've got to say, here in Victoria, um, that was one of the best races I've been involved in. I've been lucky enough to win the Breeders with him in a Derby and stuff. But the, it was a two-run race and it was on from go to woe. And the atmosphere there and on your, sort of your home track here, it was, yeah, it sort of took the cake. Yeah, and um, for Bruce Edward and Vicky Edward, they were a very um, emotional after the race and everything that they went through before the race as well. But to to win a Victoria Cup with this horse that's been so good to them um, meant a lot to them. And of course, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. It's hard to believe that's their first Victoria Cup. But what a what a way to win your first Victoria Cup! Yeah, I didn't realise that, Gareth. And we had dinner with Clayton and Emma and Bruce and his family on Sunday night. And I said, Emma, is that your first Victoria Cup? And she said, yeah, I couldn't really believe it because they've just won everything. And they've been the absolute pinnacle of the sport um, since they've joined and come along. And they just got great horses and they just do a terrific job with them. But to think that that was her first Victoria Cup, you sort of think she's won everything. So I think it was very special to everyone. Like Bruce and Vicky, they put so much into the sport. They, they really deserve it. Um, well done, Jody. It was it was a race that I think everyone, as I mentioned before, will remember for a long, long time. And Acknow proved that he's he's a superstar and he's um, a horse that can do it. As you said, he's a complete race horse now, so he can lead and he come from, he can come from behind. And um, it was a gem of a drive by yourself as well. You you drive that horse better than anyone. So congratulations and. Um, yeah, well done on the weekend and bring on all the, the other feature races coming up in the, the latter part of the spring and the early part of the summer. Thanks, guys. It's really exciting to be on a horse like him. I really appreciate him and Clayton and Vicky and Bruce are sticking by me and letting me on him. They're once-in-a-lifetime horses. And just while I got the opportunity, I'd like to thank everyone that's reached out to me and congratulated me and well wishes. It's just yep. amazing. I haven't been able to get back to everyone just yet. No, your, your story's inspirational as well. Everything that you've been through in this game with your concussions and how you've fought back, you're very resilient and um, you're a fighter and you deserve the success that comes your way. So well done, Joe. Thanks very much. Jay is Jay railed up behind them. They're followed to fourth, Balauna, one hot band at the outside. Next, Tinkanorm has ability. Yachi Bale last. Down the back, Jay is Jay getting up on the inside of Cumbria Kid and the Queenslanders hit the lead. They're followed Postman, Pat, one hot bandit and Balauna around the turn. Jay is Jay drew two links in front. Cumbria Kid's coming back. Jay is Jay just in front. Jay is Jay for Queensland has won the million dollar chase. And me- what a performance by Jay is Jay. Cumbria Kid was so brave in second, and Postman Pat was just annoyed by Cumbria Kid in the middle stages of the million dollar chase. And uh, JSJ took full use of his inside draw. He railed beautifully and he produced a moment for the Zamet family that they won't forget. And Selena Zamet joins me here on uh, the Bet 365 Country Racing Hour on Giddy Up. 
Selena, first of all, has it sunk in that you're a million-dollar chase winner? Congratulations. No. <laughs> Thanks very much, darling. But, yeah, no, it still seems surreal. It still seems like a dream. Um, I don't know when it's going to sink in. No. It's big, biggest thrill in greyhound racing that we've had in, you know, we've been in dogs for 30, 40 years, and nothing compares to Friday night. Well, that's amazing because the sport's come a long way. Can you believe that you're racing for a million dollars, first of all? It's life-changing. No, no, no. Like, when we won the derby with him in, in Brisbane and that was worth 50000 we were like, oh, my God, how good is this? <laughs> and then to think we could, we could run in a race worth a million dollars and not only run in it, to win it, it's... Still, it's still unbelievable. I I asked Peter, I can't pronounce his last name, yeah. Peter, that won two yeah. um, of Million Dollar Chasers. I said to him, when does this feel real? Yeah. And he said to us, in about three months' time when the money's in your account. <laughs> Peter Lagione, yeah. He, he's, yeah. He, he's won a couple of Million Dollar Chasers, and he was actually looking after Postman Pat for, for Jason Thompson there on he Saturday. Was. Yeah. And we we, was, we asked him when we were standing on the podium, when does this feel like it's actually yeah. real? And that's what he said to us. Yeah, yeah in about three months. It was, it was interesting, um, Selena, because there was a lot of the Victorian trainers that had to go down a different path, I think, than your dog. Did you qualify automatically into the semifinals or did you have to go to the bush for a, uh, a heat there to qualify for the semis? Oh, no, no. What we did to start off with is we tried to qualify JSJ at Grafton. Yep. We took him down there. He won his heat. And then in the final, the next week, he had box one. And we just thought, okay, you just have to run third, mate. That's all you got to do. And he ran fourth. Yeah. We were devastated. Not for the fact of losing, like, oh, my God, we're not or losers, but we just thought the dog was good enough to win. Have we done something wrong? Should we have done something different? Oh, I hope the dog's okay. And driving home, we were just we were just um, distressed. Like, how can we? Uh, how, how did we not 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 even run third? And um, and we thought on our way home, that's it. We we had a go. The dog wasn't good enough. Move on. And um, and then we slept on it. And because we knew we had one more chance at qualifying through Wentworth Park, their heats and semis. So the next day, after a good night's sleep, we decided, you know what, we're not going to win it sitting on the lounge wondering what if. So we actually nominated the dog for it. And we went and got a full blood count done on the dog. And we were waiting for the the full blood count to come back before we decided whether we were going or not because we sort of figured if if there's something not right there with the dog after Grafton, well, there's no point driving all that way to Sydney. And so um, in the last hour, we sort of got the blood test back. The dog was fine. Everything was great. So off we went. And... Here we are now. It's a big commitment. So it, yeah. Because... It, was a, it was a long road. Like, we tried to qualify, as I said, at Grafton, but then Michael's had to drive three weeks in a row backwards and forwards to to Sydney. So it, it's been a long road that we've travelled to get to where we are. 
Because mm. a lot of the Victorian trainers, they, they've worked out that sometimes the travel for the dogs is too much. So they send they send the dogs and do a deal with the New South Wales trainer. Did that, did that ever cross your mind, Selena? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, Jay is Jay. Um, or if you'd seen him on the track after the race and all the noise and all everything, nothing bothers the dog. Yeah. He's just got the best temperament and is so calm. Um, he's just a, a, a great race dog. He doesn't, like Michael said, oh, when we were walking to the boxes uh, for the 70 down there, he said, the one dog, they had a camera down low on the ground and the one dog got scared and sort of moved away. And he said, and it was like Mick just walked past, yeah, look at me, look at me. He, nothing, nothing bothers the dog. He, um, noise, excitement from us or anything. He's, he's, he's the calm one in the team. Yeah. No, well, and tell us a little bit about, what this dog now means to you and he, I guess what he's always meant to you. And did you always think that he could do what he did there on Friday night? Yes. And yes, yeah. we knew, we knew that we had a dog that was capable of doing it, but we didn't know, you know, in greyhound racing, you also need luck. You know, luck comes into play as well. We were just lucky the one dog on, Friday night moved off the fence and Jay just said thanks very much and stayed there and yeah. It worked out beautifully for him. Does he go to a Top Gun now? Has he come to Melbourne? Well, we've I've got an invitation for the Top Gun. So um, at the present moment, uh, we're going to the Ipswich Cup with him. Yep. Which right. the heats are next. The heats are next week. Oh, that's terrific. So, yeah. Um, but yes, we do have an invitation to the Top Gun. We will accept our invitation and and see if we get a run. Selena, congratulations! Love, love, love hearing what you have to say about this dog. Love hearing that this has changed your life. You lived your dream. You've been in this game for close to four decades, and this is well, that was your greatest moment on Friday night. All the hard work and the toil and the belief that you've had in the sport, and I guess this greyhound is. Um, come true in a way which is which is terrific and so we we congratulate you you should be so proud selena and well done i'm so proud and thank you very much i just you know having uh, having a dog like this on the next level i understand all the bigger trainers that have won all the bigger races it's nerve-wracking yeah you know sometimes you just wish that you had a good handy dog that you know will win races but then when you get to the next level it's hard work, not as in hard work. It's stressful. Yeah. It it's just yeah. It it just goes to another level when you have a dog of his ability. Well, don't mm. spend all the money all at once, then. <laughs> I'm not. I don't plan on spending the money. I just love the dog. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, give him a pat for us. Well done, Selena, and congratulations. Thank you very much, Dolph. There's Selena Zamet, the winning trainer of uh, the Million Dollar Chase. Jay is Jay. So for a greyhound trainer, they get half the stake. So she collected along with her family $500,000.